The show you love with even more local news and more local talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome to the Mike Douglas Show here on this warm-ish Wednesday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Thanks so much for joining us. Mike Douglas here, your personal Concierge for conversation as we discuss and unpack the issues of the day that affect you and me right here in California's Central Valley. A couple of things to get to before we get into our uh, discussions. First of all, just a a program note uh, coming up this Friday. As you know, Sunday is Father's Day, and I'm big on promoting fathers and the importance of fathers. On Friday, and this this comes from a, maybe I shouldn't attach it this way, but I'll, I'll just be honest with you why I thought of this. I I do a lot of memorial services, funerals, gravesides, as many of you know. And as I'm interviewing the family, very few families I know. Um, I'm serving them because they are not connected with a church or a pastor. And as a community pastor, uh, I... I am given a lot of those families, and it's a, a great honor for me to uh, to serve them in that way. Anyway, uh, when it's a dad or a, a grandpa, one of the questions I, I ask is, what did you learn? What life lessons did you learn from uh, dad or grandpa? Or if it's a woman, mom, grandma, whatever it might be. Well, that's my question. Uh, that's the question that I'm going to put before you this Friday on What's on Your Mind Friday, I'm giving you a couple days to think about it. What did you learn from your dad? A life lesson, or maybe you learned something not to do. What did you learn from your dad? That's coming up this Friday. We'll open it up because it is the Friday before Father's Day. So I'll give you a fair warning on the topic for this Friday. What did you learn from your dad? And uh, we'll look forward to taking your phone calls this Friday. All right, taking a look at what's, uh, let's look at some of the headlines today. Uh, Republican lawmakers uh, put uh, orange uh, cones up on the steps of the California uh, State Capitol, and they formed a a number that said 100, these uh, warning cones. And they're marking uh, 100 days since Governor Gavin Newsom promised relief to Californians in response to rising gas prices. Well, in that case, as we know, uh, there's going to be no freeze on the uh, sales tax on gas. We know that's going to stay what it is. And you heard they passed a budget. We'll get into this a little bit later. There was an interesting op-ed piece on the on the budget that was passed and and the uh, the op-ed person uh, basically said it was a fake budget and that uh, the motivation for passing the budget they did pass this week was they don't get paid unless they pass a budget and so uh, his contention is uh, the state legislature passed some semblance of a budget but it really doesn't amount to anything it was basically there to make sure that the legislators uh, get paid. So we'll explore that uh, a little bit later. Uh, On the national scene, uh, guess who has, you probably heard, guess who has COVID-19? 
not making fun of him. It's no fun to have it, but it's just an irony. Dr. Anthony Fauci has tested positive for COVID, and so he's in isolation. He is vaxxed and double-boosted. Now, who else? There's a lot of people, a lot of notable names that are have tested positive for COVID-19 recently, right? Maxine Waters, right? Uh, Javier Becerra, now the Secretary of Health and Human Services. Uh, Mick Jagger, right? Mick Jagger has uh, tested positive for COVID-19, which uh, caused the Rolling Stones to cancel uh, this weekend's uh, concert in, in Europe. And uh, so they have to wait the prescribed time, I guess, before the Rolling Stones can get rolling again. Mick Jagger. Uh, and Rolling Stones weren't my favorite group. I, I acknowledge them as being uh, legends of, of rock. Uh, and there are some songs that, uh, that I enjoy. But what, what I stand in awe of are musicians like Mick Jagger. How old is he? Got to be in his late 70s, right? Mid to late 70s anyway, I would think. Isn't it amazing that they keep rocking some of these people? Just uh, it's absolutely uh, amazing their stamina at that age. It t- takes uh, tremendous energy to go out there and, and do what they do. So anyway, we wish them all the best and uh, wish that uh, Dr. Fauci, I, would, I really wish he would just step out. Uh, we, I've had enough of Dr. Fauci, and now he now he's got it, and he was vaxxed and double boosted, so I I think it's time for him to retire. Just just my opinion. Speaking of all of that, Stanislaus County uh, at medium risk for COVID. Apparently, we're at the medium risk level here in Stanislaus County. County health officials say the seven day total is up to two hundred twenty cases per. 100,000 people, and uh, hospitals are now using over 5% of their beds for COVID patients, apparently. So there we go, those of us in Stanislaus County. Uh, Here's an interesting note, this on the heels of Chesa Bodine being recalled as the district attorney in San Francisco. We've kept our eyes uh, on what's happening down in in, uh, Los Angeles County, and uh, reporter Bill Malugan down there is reporting that the campaign to recall Los Angeles County District Attorney George Coscone is telling him they got their necessary 567,000 signatures today, and they got 30,000 uh, or more in the last few days alone. Uh, They need to have 566,857 verified by July 6th. Uh, They're aiming for 650,000 to add for padding. As you know, they check those signatures to make sure that they're all valid. So the object is to get an overage, more than you actually need. But anyway, interesting uh, to note that uh, the campaign to recall LADA George Goscone has amassed the necessary f- signatures plus, and uh, we'll see what, what happens there. And uh, as I'm sure you have heard, the Fed raised uh, the rates today, three-quarters of a percentage point, steepest increase since 1994. And uh, the chair of the Fed, Jerome Powell, uh, sent the good news to all of us, this may not be the last time. So it's going to cost more money to borrow money, and uh, 
I would say, uh, I, I would agree with officials that are saying that they now expect both slower economic growth and higher inflation than they did just three months ago. Well, I think a lot of us saw it coming. I don't know why the feds and the officials uh, have taken so long to realize that. Uh, but the Fed says it won't hold back in its battle against inflation. That's so comforting, isn't it? Until there's compelling evidence that prices are coming down, even if it comes with the trade-off of a softer economy. Isn't that wonderful? People making decisions for us that probably are not facing the same issues that uh, you and I face. So there we go, scanning the headlines uh, for today. In a couple of minutes, want to talk a bit about uh, the tragedy in in El Monte, uh, two police officers slain there. Uh, Also talk a a little bit about the suspect. Some new things have come to light. We'll talk about that in uh, just a couple of minutes. What I'd also like to talk about as we look at the prices rising to borrow money, the cost rising, well, so are home prices. They keep rising. The interest rate hikes mean prices are fluctuating So selling your home now with an aggressive, experienced agent is the right move to maximize your equity. Are you worried about costly repairs or the upgrades needed to sell your home? I I would be if I was selling my home right now. Well, if you are, call the agent I trust and recommend. His name is Dan Phipps. His proprietary marketing system guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value, or he'll sell it for free. That's right. It's home selling program. It's designed to maximize your sales price. Here's what I love about the arrangement here. You're in complete control. No costly repairs required. No long-term contracts. And you pick your own move date. Dan can even, he can even help you find a new home before you move. Keith and Tanya know all about it in Oakdale. They said the, the mental and physical toll of a long commute was really getting them down. It was time to sell, move closer to work no matter what. But they didn't think they had enough equity to form to afford a home closer to work. But Dan Phipps heard their story, and he set some high expectations right away. And he wound up selling their home for thousands more than even his high expectation initial price. So, uh Keith and Tanya, by the way, they're now in a brand new home, much closer to their work, thanks to Dan Phipps. So call Dan Phipps. Dan is the man I recommend. I'd hire him to sell my own home. He's the only agent who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours or it's sold free. Call Dan Phipps, 209-593-1111, or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three Ps, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S. I'll be back in three minutes with the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's more with the voice of the valley, Mike Douglas on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and streamed on the iHeartRadio app. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this Wednesday afternoon in California's Central Valley here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV want to talk about local and federal government's war against law enforcement. Oh, Mike, you're over-exaggerating. Yeah, let's take a look at two things very quickly. Uh, first of all, uh, this is being uh, reported that Border Patrol agents are furious 
after it's been learned that uh, DHS, that's the federal government uh, Department of Homeland Security, is setting to discipline multiple Border Patrol agents who were falsely accused of whipping Haitian immigrants in Del Rio last year. Remember all that? Remember that? And the media picked it up, and they had these pictures, and they were uh, falsely claiming that the Border Patrol agents on horseback were, were whipping the Haitian immigrants. Found out that wasn't true, but apparently... It has uh, been learned that uh, the Department of Homeland Security is going to discipline multiple agents involved in that anyway. Unbelievable. Seriously? Well, and here we go again. I'm going to connect some more dots for you on this one. You have probably heard the news, tragically, that two El Monte police officers there in Southern California, uh, east of uh, L.A., uh, are dead after being shot at a motel. Uh, The man that was accused of shooting them also killed during uh, the battle. So here's what happened. The officers were ambushed while responding to a report of a possible stabbing at the motel after about 5 o'clock yesterday afternoon. Investigators are saying it doesn't appear a stabbing took place. So what comes to my mind is, I don't know this, I'm suspecting it may have been a setup, right? A phony call to draw the officers there and then uh, and then the ambush. One of the slain officers, a 22-year veteran of the force, the other had been with El Monte PD less than a year. One officer shot in the motel room, another shot in the street. All right, El Monte Mayor uh, weighed in on this, of course, made a, made a statement. Uh, her name is Jessica Ancona. Here's Mayor Ancona. Heartbroken doesn't begin to express the loss that we feel with the news that two of our El Monte police officers were shot today in the line of duty. All right, and then here is the acting El Monte Police Chief Ben Lowry. Heroes uh, paid the ultimate sacrifice today. They were murdered by a coward. Yep, I agree, sir. Murdered by a coward. Now, here's what's interesting, and here's where I'm connecting the dots about government's war against law enforcement. Apparently, and again, this is uh, according to Bill uh, Melugan, a reporter down in Southern California, his sources say the gang member who fatally shot those two El Monte PD officers last night was on probation for a felony with a firearm after he received the bare minimum sentence in a plea deal previously under Los Angeles District Attorney George Goscon, despite having a previous strike on his record. So the suspect had a previous strike conviction in 2011 for PC-459. That's uh, California Penal Code for burglary. But he still received the absolute bare minimum sentence for uh, being a felon in possession of a gun last year. So he had that previous strike, that conviction in 2011. Then he's arrested for being a felon in possession of a gun last year. And, and what happens? Apparently, he got a light sentence, and 
Now he's out. I, it, it's almost uncon, it's almost surreal, isn't it? It, it, it's almost un, incomprehensible that a DA would give a guy a light sentence after he already has one strike. It's the, it's these DAs like George Gascon and like Chesa Boudin who are breaking the law themselves, essentially, in not giving appropriate prosecutions and not asking for appropriate sentences here. This guy got off, and now he's responsible for killing two police officers. He's dead as well. And I... I, I'm... I'm struggling to be very pastoral here. Am I sorry that he killed two people and died himself? Yeah, I'm sorry he killed the two police officers. Anyway. It's just mad. Does this upset you? Or, or, or have we become so desensitized in our culture? Well, it was just cops. Just cops. That's their job, right? No, that's that. That's not their job. Cops are like you and me, and they wake up before their shifts, or depending on what shift they're on, maybe they're not just waking up, but before their shifts, they, if they have families, hopefully they're telling them that they love them. They're having the conversations that family has. They go off to work. No cop, in my experience, goes on duty saying, well, if I die, it's part of my job today. No. No. That's not part of my job today. My job is to stay alive and protect life and property. If I don't stay alive, I don't protect life and property. Take your comments here, 209-551-3483. Does this just make you sick to your stomach? 209-551-3483. And and where are all the people and where are all the organizations that get so upset when people are breaking the law and in the process of it, something happens and they are shot and killed by police, and you know, we have riots over that. Where's the hue and cry over the police officers that, that die? It just, just absolutely makes me sick to my stomach. Where, Where's the moral outrage with all of this? Let's go quickly to the phones and find out what Nick from Modesto has to say. Hi, Nick. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mike. Um, you know, I, two points. Number one, I would like to know how uh, a felon was in possession of a of a firearm. I, I I think that we need this is the stuff we need to get off the streets. Uh, are the illegal guns like this uh, in hands of of criminals? And number two, um, you know, I'm a father of a son that's in law enforcement and this is the kind of stuff that you know i i 
take personally and the kind of stuff I wake up to every morning thinking, uh, you know, about my son and being on the, on his patrol. So yeah, this is tough. It's, it's gut wrenching, Nick. It, it is. It is. Um, it, go ahead. I got I about mean, 30 seconds, Nick, I'm by sorry. the way, go ahead. Okay. I'll be real quick. It, you know, this is the kind of stuff every morning my, my wife and I wake up to wondering what's going to happen today. And, um, um, you know, I, I wish my son only took my advice to become an accountant rather than a cop. But I had no control over that. So go ahead. I'm done. No, very, very good. Good, good comments, Nick. I appreciate you calling in. Thanks so much. And as a parent of a, of a law enforcement officer, yes, uh, these incidents, you Stuff goes through your mind, goes through the minds of families as well. We'll continue the discussions in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show, 209-551-3483. Mike Douglas Show continues in five minutes on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. 1360KFIV is your place online. Let's get social with Power Talk 1360KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360KFIV. Mike Douglas with you, your concierge for conversation. And uh, once again, uh, one of the uh, top news items of the day. I'm sure you're going to hear a lot about it uh, again. Uh, another very famous person has been added to the list of folks who have tested positive for COVID-19, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci. By the way, here's Dr. Anthony Fauci in an interview from about almost a year ago, May 17, 2021. May 17, 2021. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. When people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. Yeah, people well, are- I don't think so. I, the, no. Uh, yeah, when people are vaccinated, they can feel safe they're not going to get infected. Well, nope. <clears throat> nope, nope, nope. And you're living proof of it now, uh, Dr. Fauci. All we're asking is for you to be real with us. Just be real. And if you can't be real, go do something else. Please. I doubt he'll take my advice there. I'm sure he doesn't really care what I have to say at all. All right, getting back to, uh, by, by the way, Nick, uh, who called a couple of minutes ago, uh, mentioned the fact that his uh, son is a law enforcement officer and uh, how this <clears throat> latest tragedy in El Monte, a, uh, a felon who had a gun somehow, uh, shot two Almighty police officers and uh, then died in the resulting gunfire. And Nick brings up a couple of good points. How did the suspect get the gun? If we're looking at solutions to this, we need to take, you know, like you you take a, a jewel and you look at all the different facets of it, all the different sides. Not just one side, but all the different sides. And so there are many questions that are yet to be revealed, at least to my knowledge at the moment. I'm sure they will be over, over the next couple of days and weeks. How did he get that weapon? 
Did he get it legally? Did he get it illegally? If he got it illegally, well, I don't know. How do you prevent that? (laughs) I'm not sure. If he got it legally, is there something in the process that could have prevented him from getting the gun? Now, he had already, already a year ago, been arrested for being a felon in possession of a gun. So we knew he had a gun a year ago. So the other uh, part, and other questions we have to ask is, or are, not only how did he get the gun, but what was his mental state? Did anybody around him notice that he was acting hinky? Did he post anything on social media that might have indicated that he was doing this? All, all sorts of things that we need to, uh, we need to explore. Anyway, I, uh, I, I agree with you, Nick. We need to take a look at it from uh, all different aspects. And, and, and then the other question is, how do we balance that with the law-abiding citizens and the law-abiding citizens' right to protect themselves? How do we do that? How do we balance Second Amendment rights with the right to purchase a firearm if you jump through all the hoops? A lot of questions. What other questions do you have? What what other solutions do you see? 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. Let's go out to Oakdale, see what Kathleen has to say. Hi, Kathleen. Welcome. Uh, I just want to say about those uh, police officers uh, being killed in uh, El Monte that um, we need to change uh, how law enforcement responds to an active assailant and not just active shooter. It doesn't matter what weapon they have. It's just an active assailant. And that needs to be called a call for no recourse, not a call for service. That's what they're calling it right now is a call for service, and they go out there and they give them uh, the same treatment that they give everybody, which is they show up, the police officers show up, and they let everybody know what their recourse is at this point in time that the police officers are there. And, I mean, that's just ridiculous. An assailant has no recourse, and they are to show up. uh, The police officers are to do a call for no recourse, which means communicate that they can, the assailant can surrender or their life, and they are to approach, and they are to disarm, and they are to arrest, and they are to don't stop. They are never to stop from this surrender or your life mode, and uh, and that until um, other police officers can secure uh, the um, secure the uh, provide security. And um, so it's just no recourse uh, for that assailant, and and I mean really mean surrender or your life is is the uh, police officer mode, and it's not the current police officer mode that they're doing right now, which is the same treatment for everybody. It is ridiculous to give an assailant, an active assailant, recourse, habeas corpus, habeas corpus, and then uh, he gets an arraignment to face charges, and and you can't use any words to apply guilt. Seriously, that's what the police officers are told. There's an active shooter out there, but don't use any words that imply he's guilty of something. He or she is guilty of something. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take your opinion for what it is. 
uh, Kathleen. Okay. And and uh, thanks for calling. Uh, appreciate the call. Um, I'm. Uh, let, let me just <clears throat> make one or two comments, Kathleen. And and thank you. I appreciate you you thinking through it and and letting us know your opinion. When we say a call for service, that's been what you call it when there's a call and a police officer has to go out or officers. It's called a call for service. <clears throat> it it I don't I I can see what you're saying Kathleen, but it it's a it's a term you could call it a uh, a job assignment. You could call it a um I don't know, assign whatever name you want to. It happens to be called a call, call, call for service. Uh, so I'm, I'm not particularly wrapped around the axle over that particular term. Uh, that's, I mean, when, when I was dispatching many, many, many moons ago, and this was way back before they had mobile data terminals in the cars and and all that it was uh, you picked up the phone you took the call as a dispatcher you pressed the radio button and you dispatched cops we uh filled out uh an incident uh record we called it an incident record but it was about a call for service that's that means you send uh you send someone out uh in this case and you know this this is the the tough thing about this particular scenario in this case, it appears it was a bogus call. In other words, <clears throat> it appears it appears, and let me say that I'm 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 reading between the lines. It appears that the call was a stabbing had occurred or was in progress, and so as the police officers arrived, they came under fire. It, it appears to have been an ambush. And one of the things, and I'm going way back now, I understand that, but i going way back now to my training, and that is you, you need to make sure that you take as much care as you can, that you train constantly to, to make sure that you are safe and that the people around you are safe. And part of that is the realization that if someone is pre-planning to kill you, your training will only go so far. In an ambush situation, there are certain things you can look for, but if someone is very intent, very creative in wanting to kill you, they may succeed. That's unfortunately the reality. Fortunately, it doesn't happen with great consistency far too often uh, far too often than it should. Now, the other thing I, I would say, Kathleen, and and this was taught again. I'm talking <clears throat> how many years ago was it? For 35 years, maybe more. We were taught to observe and to make use of the spiral of aggression. In other words, when you come up on someone who is being suspected of doing something, according to the call you get, and they're flaming out, you come in at a lower level of intensity than they are. 
In other words, take a scale from 1 to 100. 1 meaning everything's cool and copacetic. 100 meaning somebody's going to get hurt or killed. Well, if that suspect is flaming out when you get there, or that subject, and they're at a 90 or a 95, if you come in at a 90 or 95, things are going to get ugly real quick. However, if you're able to come in, and this is what I, this is what my training was many, you know, over three, maybe four decades ago, you come in on the situation and you come in at a lower level on that scale, sufficient to protect yourself and others, but at a lower level on that scale. So if the person that is, that is the object of the call for service is able to be brought down. You're able to start bringing down their level of intensity because of your lower level of intensity. So I, I just don't, don't want it communicated that when cops roll up on the scene, the first thing on their mind is to kill people. No. <clears throat> the first thing on their mind is their safety, the safety of others, because if they're not looking out for their safety, they can't protect others. So they're, they're looking at what we call situational awareness. They're looking at the background. They're looking at what's between the background and the, they look at the foreground. They look at where other people are situated in relation to this particular subject who may be the problem. They're evaluating all of this. The adrenaline's running, but this is where your training kicks in. And so there's a lot that goes into it. All I, and the reason I'm bringing that up is, is just to say, and, and if you're uh, currently in law enforcement and I'm wrong, please call and correct me. But my understanding that the training is that you come up on scene and you do what you can to bring down the level of danger of that situation, the level of, you bring down the level of anxiety. You do what you can to bring down the level of aggression by your own demeanor. And oftentimes, and I, I personally have used that as a pastor I've used it as a, uh, as a chaplain in, in the time that I was a law enforcement chaplain. You come up on people that uh, are, are just in distress, and if you act in distress, if you start yelling at them because they're yelling at you, the spiral of aggression is going to get ugly. It's going to, like, like the old type of mercury thermometers, the mercury is going to blow out the top very quickly. But if you come in and do what you can to keep yourself and other people other people safe as well, then your demeanor helps bring down the anxiety of that person. A lot of it has to do with your tone of voice. A lot of it has to do with your body language. And, and these things come into play. So I just want to add that to, um, to the comments that, that Kathleen made uh, ju- just to provide at least my perspective of the overall view. If I'm wrong, call and tell me. But that's my understanding that the training now has to be immensely better than it was when I went through the uh, L.A. County Sheriff's Academy many, many, many moons ago. All right, we'll continue the conversation in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show. Good comments. Appreciate that so much. As always, 209-551-3483. What can we do? 
what can we reasonably do to protect the Second Amendment rights, but also protect cops from getting killed and innocent people from getting killed? Do you have some new ideas on that? 209-551-3483 as the Mike Douglas Show continues here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A pastor with passion, a minister with manners. Now back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Our phone number 209 209- Five five one three four eight three and uh, Larry, if you're still out there, Larry was holding and uh, we lost him there. So Larry, we'd love to have you call back with your point as well. Our number two zero nine five five one three four eight three. By the way, here's a, a story that I was uh, I was looking at, and it it it, it caught my attention because of, of so many crashes so close together. Apparently, the Navy is reviewing their safety and risk mitigation protocols for flight crews following a couple of uh, aircraft crashes in California. Did you notice that? Uh, Some questions started to come through my mind. We're talking about training for police officers. What's happening with the training? Is, is Is it the helicopters? Is it, is it the training of uh, the people flying the helicopter? So two crashes were fatal, and so they paused, the Navy did, they paused 171 or so of the uh, Navy's aviation units, and they're reviewing uh, flight safety, which is great. If you remember, the first fatal air, aircraft crash happened, uh, well, earlier uh, this month in, in San Bernardino County, and then there were two more in uh in Imperial County as well, one of those being fatal as well. I, 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 I'm wondering what's happening. Are any of you in the military? Are you in, in associated with military aircraft at all? Do you have any insights into this whatsoever? I'm, I'm uh, perturbed by this, that there would be two fatal crashes. One, thank the Lord, was not fatal, but why three in, in such a condensed time frame? Our number here, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. Uh, by the way, and I mentioned, and we'll just take a, a positive uh, pause here for a second. I mentioned that on Friday, I want to take calls about your dad. What what have you learned from your dad? Any life lessons? (laughs) Maybe anything you learned from him maybe not to do? Either way, uh, love to hear lessons from your dad. That's coming up this Friday. But as well, in honor of this Father's Day, Power Talk 1360 KFIV, we want to make your dad feel good and we want him to look sharp. So you can register your dad to win the 1360 KFIV Father's Day giveaway and to do that, you go to PowerTalk1360.com. Here's the prize pack. It includes a transmission service for his car. That's a $250 value from Interstate Transmission Center. And they're online at InterstateTransmissionCenter.com. 
And then there's an exterior call de- detail, a car detail you can get. 3M ceramic coat, make dad's car look good from Davis Family Shines, where you get 20% off all Father's Day gift certificates. And again, that's davisfamilyshines.com. And then to go with uh, uh, the transmi- a good transmission and, and car detail, you can outfit your dad so he looks really cool with a pair of Gucci sunglasses from Prestigio Jewelers. That's right, your credit is guaranteed from PrestigioJewelers.com. So treat your dad right. Power Talk 1360 KFIV's Father's Day giveaway. Win him a tune-up, a clean car, and a cool new pair of shades. Enter your dad now. Just go to uh, the KFIV's Father's Day giveaway at PowerTalk1360.com. The thing to do there is scroll down to where it says best dad ever it's not right at the top there you have to scroll down a little bit scroll down to best dad ever and you can click on that and enter the contest uh, for your dad Uh, so again encourage you to do that in honor of your dad and again this friday i'll be taking your calls on things you learned from your dad and uh, my dad uh, long time ago went to heaven so did my father-in-law but i learned a lot from both of them and uh, from my grandfather as as well uh, so anyway we'll open up the phones on uh, or what's on your mind friday to honor your dad's again the question will be what about your dad what have you uh, what did you learn from him that might have uh, benefited you uh by the way you're planning to do fireworks on july 4th well plan <laughs> plan to Pay maybe 25 to 30% more. That's right. Apparently, because of shipping costs increasing from $8,000 to $10,000 per shipping container, up to approximately $45,000 per shipping container, you may be paying more, according to the American Pyrotechnics Association. So there's some more good news for you approaching Independence Day. More good news is we'll be back in five minutes after the top of the hour here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We'll be back after news, traffic, and weather. The show you love with even more local news and more local talk. The Voice of the Valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Wednesday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Mike Douglas here serving as your personal concierge for conversation as we're here midweek on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Uh, just saw another uh, headline uh, oh, a day or two ago. That was on Monday, actually. Apparently, Amazon is announcing that customers in Lockford, California, were, will be among the first to receive Prime Air deliveries. Yeah, using drones. Uh, they said this on the Today Show, apparently. Amazon says it plans to deliver packages weighing less than five pounds within an hour. I I guess within an hour of, well, maybe not receiving the order, but certainly when the hour, when when the, the item is ready to be shipped, at least I would guess. 
So uh, apparently if uh, there, there's a facility roughly 15 miles away from Lockford and they're going to do a pilot program, that, that, that sounded like it was an intended pun. It, it was not. But a pilot program apparently that <laughs> uh, in Lockford where they're going to start delivering less than five-pound packages from Amazon via drone. Let me ask you something, because <laughs> I'm just I'm just thinking of some areas around us in Stanislaus County, San Joaquin County, some of the areas. Um, I can see a drone with a package attached to it being shot at. Uh, just anticipating it uh don't i mean don't you and and so i'm wondering if bad guys out there might try to shoot it out of the sky uh and and retrieve whatever it's carrying am i am am i drinking too much coffee over this i'm just I, I don't know i but maybe there are no areas near lockford where a bad guy or gal might might do that. The other thing is, how do you feel about, let's say that it's your area and they're going to extend this pilot program to your area. Uh, what do you think? Would you like drones dropping your packages off in your backyard maybe? And this, the technology amazes me. I'm, I'm trying to think through this. Technology is just it, and I, I'm thinking. I, I see how many Amazon trucks there are out now. The vans, uh, the the semi trucks, private contractors that deliver from Amazon, and I'm thinking the sky could get full of those little guys, and I would assume that there are going to be FAA restrictions on. Uh, how high they can fly all that. Are, are you are you okay with that? Uh, getting your Amazon deliveries by drone? Um, I'm thinking, well, that probably saves, I don't know what Amazon delivery people get paid, uh, but I, I would assume that they're looking at cutting costs and, and maybe they just give the heavy packages to the people. that. So how, how do you feel about that? And, and again, am I am I stretching? Have I have I consumed too much caffeine here in thinking that there might be people trying to pick pick off those drones in the sky to uh, retrieve those packages, whatever they might be? Well, our number here two zero nine five five one three four eight three. You comfortable with that? The drone dropping off your package in your backyard or, or front yard, 209-551-3483. Uh, another headline I saw that I'm, I have slightly mixed emotions about this, but I'm, I'm more disappointed with this than, than not. Here's a dateline, George Washington University. Apparently, George Washington University is going to drop the name of its nickname, the Colonials, because, quote, 
it can no longer serve its purpose as a name that unifies, according to the Board of Trustees. They're going to have a new moniker in the 2023 to 24 academic year. So apparently they, they think Colonials is going to communicate bad things. We started from 13 colonies, and the, the people who inhabited those colonies are colonials. Why, why are, are we saying that we have to drop the word colonial? I mean, it no longer serves its purpose as a name that, as a name that unifies. You know, what they're really saying is we're afraid someone will criticize for us. That's what they're really saying. I'm reading between the lines here. You like that? Here's another one along these lines. The World Health Organization plans to rename monkeypox the virus because of concerns that would give rise to racism and stigma. I... Let's go back to the phones. 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483. What do you think about those drones delivering your Amazon packages? Let's find out what Brian thinks from Modesto. Hi, Brian. Welcome. What are your thoughts about that? Well, I, I like the idea versus uh, a truck delivering it to your front porch while being followed by the bad guys, and they just pull up behind them after he leaves and run up to the porch and get it. Ah. That's, that's a lot easier having a drone deliver it. And how many people, especially law-abiding citizens and own guns, are going to be shooting drones out of the sky? And, and how many bad guys are going to be lining up to shoot those drones? Uh, I, don't, I don't see it. I, I just don't see that happening, especially in residential areas. You know, once somebody hears gunshots, man, the police will be all over that. So I, I just don't see the gun thing happening with the drones. And I like that idea versus my packages getting stolen off my front porch when a truck delivers. That that's, is that's what I think. That's an interesting aspect of it, Brian. And that is uh, the bad guys or gals following a truck. Uh, I've had, I've had, I we've been fortunate. I've only had one. Uh, delivery item uh, stolen uh, from our front porch over the years. Uh, but I, I think you bring up a, a point I hadn't thought about, and that is uh, the bad guys may be shadowing uh, an Amazon truck and, and pull up right behind it, take your materials, and, and away you go. And I, I am not worried about law-abiding citizens shooting at the drones either. Uh, I do think there are some yeah. people that, that will uh, that are not law-abiding citizens. But we'll, we'll see. And, uh, but anyway, I, I do like your thought. I, I like that very much about, yeah, well, maybe it will be safer, especially in some areas, uh, for the drone to deliver it rather than, uh, than the truck with somebody following it. Good thinking, Brian. Hey, thanks for your call. Appreciate that right. very much. All right. You got it. All right. Brian from Modesto, uh, bringing up a good point, bringing up a good point. All right. Uh, so we'll continue, uh, our, our thoughts about drone deliveries, uh, let's go uh, up the road a piece to Stockton. Barbara, what are your thoughts about drones delivering your Amazon packages? Oh, Mike, I just think that is so dumb. <laughs> I can see all kinds of problems 
What, what about the weather? I mean, suppose your package gets, you know, they're going to drop the package, but suppose they drop it in a treetop or, you know, uh, uh, if it's on a windy day, you know, the package gets blown somewhere. Who's going to be responsible? You know, and, and people are going to be walking. If they see a drone looking up in the air and they're going to be running into things. <laughs> it just seems so silly. And who's going to take the responsibility when you don't get your package? Well, and I, I'm, I'm going to assume Amazon would. Uh, I, I think it's something maybe Barbara that you could get used to. Not, not you, me. Something I, I might be able to get used to. Uh, but I, I know in, in our front, uh, the, the drone would not be able to get near the front porch because of the trees. Uh, now uh-huh. it can, it can drop it. By the way, I. If, a couple of years ago, I had a Amazon person uh, deliver a package, and they put it in the bed of my pickup truck, which was parked way around the back. And I just happened to uh-huh. be out there looking uh, at my pickup truck, and I saw a package there. But uh, that's the only time that it happened. I do have to say, and and please, if you work for Amazon, Amazon's been very good to us. We we've had very good service, and when there's been a blip. Uh, they, they've been good uh, to make good on it, Barbara. But you bring up some good points. Uh, and I, I would assume, and again, I'm making an assumption here, uh, Barbara, that they, uh-huh. just like any aircraft, they're going to have to make sure that the weather conditions are right. They have cameras uh, aboard. And I'm thinking of those, uh, I don't know, do, do you have Save Mart in your area? Yeah. Do you, do you have those little robot-y things that, are sent out from Save Mart, or is that just in the Modesto area? Well, no, not in our area. Okay. Uh, I've I've seen those, and it's pretty amazing. By the way, Barbara, thanks for the call. appreciate that very much. You bring up some good points there to, to think about, Barbara from Stockton. Uh, I'm, I'm just, Barbara, I've, I've watched those uh, little robot-y things. They're on uh, wheels. They, they look like they're out of Star Wars, and uh, they hold, I think, maybe one or two bags of groceries. There's some kind of limit. But anyway, they, they send them out from Save Mart. And I don't know what you know if it's a mile radius. I'm not sure what it is. But anyway, these little robot things, you see them coming down the street. I've been walking on the sidewalk, and I see one of those things coming. And if it, if it senses you're there, they obviously either have cameras and or sensors on them. If they sense you're there, they stop. And, and they... they somehow know electronically if it's a red light uh, and they can't go across the crosswalk till uh, traffic is clear. Uh, They must have motion sensors because I've seen them stop when something in front of them uh, gets in the way, and I've seen them navigate around light poles and that sort of thing. So I'm thinking, Barbara, that there will be some kind of technology technology there. It'll be interesting to to find out. I'm, I'm fascinated to uh, to see it how it works out in Lockford. If any of you in the Lockford area have uh, some experience with that coming up, we would love to hear about it. And uh, again, we'll continue here with the Mike Douglas Show with your calls 209-551-3483 as the Mike Douglas Show continues in three minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. He's got issues. Let's talk about it. The Mike Douglas Show, on air and online. Power Talk, 1360 KFIV. 
And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we rationally, reasonably, and respectfully discuss the issues of the day. And uh, I, I love that process. I, in fact, I was uh, talking to some folks about that the other day. And many, many times during my vocational pastoral history here for the past 25 years or so, I found in, in dealing with people who are in conflict that one of the basic problems is they're not hearing each other. Uh, they're, they're, they're not pausing to understand. Now, what, what happens in that process? What happens in that process is you get two people that are ticked off at each other, and one will make a statement, and about a quarter of the way into that statement, the other person starts to form their defense. They start to form their rebuttal. Well, what happens with that? Well, they miss the final three quarters of what the other person is saying. And oftentimes, somewhere embedded in that final three quarters is a nugget that the other person really needs to hear, but they don't hear it because they're already formulating their uh, their response. And so the, the process really in, in terms of, of working out issues is to make sure that we listen to what the other person has to say without mounting our defense right away. Now, in talk radio, that's a little bit difficult <laughs> because I can't wait five minutes to cogitate about it, and you can't wait five minutes to cogitate it as, as we're talking about it because we'd have dead air and we'd lose all of our listeners. So on radio, it's a little bit different. We have to, uh, we have to start thinking and, and respond to each other as best we can while listening to each other. But uh, in, in terms of solving conflict and, and resolving conflict, it is so important to actually listen to what the other person has to say and acknowledge that's the way they feel at the moment. Whether we agree with them or not, to acknowledge is, uh, is an important part of the process. Uh, so I was thinking, thinking through that in, in terms of resolving issues. Now, one of... <laughs> An example uh, of, well, and, and of course the response is important as well. And, and the, here, here's why I'm bringing this up. Don Lemon on CNN asked a legitimate question of Corrine uh, LaPierre, uh, Jean-Pierre rather, Corrine Jean-Pierre, the White House, new White House press secretary. He um, asked a legitimate question. And this is Don Lemon from CNN. He asked the White House press secretary, Jean-Pierre, does the president of the United States, meaning President Biden, does the president have the stamina physically and mentally, do you think, to continue on even after 2024? It's a legitimate question looking at President Biden today. Does he have the stamina physically and mentally to continue on even after 2024? Now listen to Karine Jean-Pierre's answer. Don, 
I, you're asking me this question. Oh, my gosh. He's the president of the United States. You know, it, he I can't even keep up with it. We just got back from New Mexico. We just got back um, from California. Uh, that is I, 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 that is not a question that we should be even asking. Just look at the work that he does. Look what he's how he's delivering uh, for the American public. Look, that what that 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 article that we're talking about is hearsay. It's salacious. That's not what we care about. We care about how are we going to deliver for the American people? How are we going to make their lives better? That's what the president talks about. That is his focus. Uh, and that's where we're going to continue uh, to, to focus on. Uh, did she ever answer that question? Uh, no. No. Didn't answer the question. Uh, demeaned the question. And it was a legitimate question. And that's what's driving a lot of us bonkers. That's a theological term, bonkers. That's what's driving a lot of us bonkers right now about Sacramento and Washington, D.C. is give us the straight scoop. It's a legitimate question. I would think that people who want to vote for Joe Biden want to know, is he capable of carrying on both now and in 2024? There are obviously cognitive problems. This is, this is, as he would say, this is not hyperbole. There are legitimate concerns. Now, even fellow Democrats are expressing concern right now. And uh, this is an interesting statement from... Steve, I'm not sure I have the last name right, Simeonidis, Simeonidis, maybe Steve Simeonidis. He's a Democratic National Committee member from Miami. And he said, to say our country was on the right track would flagrantly depart from reality. He said that Mr. Biden should announce his intent not to seek re-election in 2024 right after the midterms. See, so even people within the Democratic Party are are saying we're, we're not sure that he's the guy. David Axelrod, st- chief strategist for Barack Obama for two of his campaigns, says the presidency is a monstrously taxing job, and the stark reality is that the president would be closer to 90 than 80 at the end of a second term, and that would be a major issue. So it's a legitimate question. It's it's one that even members of his own party are asking. And to me, that was just a very irresponsible response. We'll talk about a fun thing coming up in five minutes. Modesto Band, the Mo Band, coming up in five minutes. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. With the big news of the day, here's more of the Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here this Wednesday afternoon on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Well, amongst all of the topics we have talked about, we always search for uh, those pearls, those 
nuggets that we can celebrate. And one of those nuggets that we can celebrate in terms of its history is the uh, Modesto Band of Stanislaus County. Its concert season is now in progress, and we're privileged to have two representatives from what is affectionately known as Mo Band with us. Uh, one is George Gardner. He's the conductor of the Modesto Band of Stanislaus County. And uh, also uh, with him, uh, we are bringing on line now uh, one of his musicians, a trumpeter in the great tradition of, oh, I don't know, Louis Armstrong, uh, Harry James... Maynard Ferguson, Doc Severance, and maybe even Freddie Hubbard, uh, Robert Stone. Was was that a was that an adequate buildup for you there, Mr. Stone? <laughs> it was more than I am, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Conductor George uh, Gardner, welcome to the Mike Douglas Show, along with your ace trumpeter there. Great to have you with us, sir. Well, thank you very much, Mike, for having Robert and I on this afternoon. We certainly appreciate the plug. Absolutely. Well, uh, Mr. Gardner, give us uh, just as a, a quick thumbnail history of uh, the Modesto band and uh, where, where you're taking it as a conductor this season. Well, the band uh, is uh, over 100 years old, began in 1919. And over the years, it has kind of evolved. It started out basically as a, an extension of the Modesto High School band because that was the only high school band in Modesto, and it, it brought in uh, people from all over the county, and it was mostly a, a juvenile band, high school students, and uh, later on in the mid-50s, uh, a, an adult band was added to the organization, and for a while we had two bands. We had an adult band and a youth band, and in the 60s, after uh, Professor Mancini passed away, the band evolved into just one ensemble, which included um, high school students and adults. And today the band has uh, people anywhere from uh, high school age all the way into their 80s that perform with the band each week. And uh, let us know, uh, just reiterate, where the concerts are and when they are. All right. The concerts are held Thursday night at uh, Mancini Bowl in Grayseda Park, and they go through the middle part of of July. We've already had our first concert last Thursday night, and our second concert will be tomorrow night. Uh, Mr. Gardner, I think one of the greatest things I love is community involvement in community activities like this to to put uh, community musicians to work, so to speak, and to have them participate. I love... played in community bands. It has been, in the past, one of the joys of my life. And uh, I, I know that each conductor has the, their own vision for where they're going during a particular year. Before we get to uh, Robert Stone there, uh, Mr. Gardner, where, where, what's the theme for this year? Where do you see the band going in terms of, of uh, its, uh, its music this year? Well, this year, we, we always want to kind of have an overall theme, and this year's theme is hot, hot, hot. And uh, we <laughs> want to make sure that the audience feels excited about the music and the audience is turned on to the music. And at the same time, we want to make the music interesting and enjoyable for the performers. One of the nice things about having Moband in the city of Modesto is that 
Um, when when musicians graduate from high school, they don't have to put their horn away in the closet and never play again. They have an opportunity to play during the summer and and just enjoy being able to play their instrument with very little pressure involved. But yet they also get to play for a large audience and a very enthusiastic audience, which the people of Modesto are. Yeah, and and again, such a long history there. And uh, these are all volunteers, right? Yes, nobody is paid. They're all volunteers. In fact, I never know from week to week who's going to come through the door to play. So it's um, I, I, I have I've had the pleasure of conducting the band for over 40 years. So I have a pretty good idea of who's going to be in the band. But here again, from week to week, the personnel changes. And um, it's just, uh, you know, kind of up in the air as to who's going to show up. But every week we have 90 plus musicians, sometimes as many as 130 that show up for a weekly concert. And uh, I'm just as pleased as punch to have everybody there and, and pleased that we give everybody an opportunity to play no matter their ability level. Just as long as they've graduated from junior high school, they can come in the door and play a band instrument and have a good time. Absolutely. Uh, thank you. Robert Stone, let's uh, let's get you back here and, and talk about uh, your experience and what you enjoy about, uh, and, and, and you are an experienced uh, trumpet player. Uh, talk about what it means to you to be able to have this outlet to play. Well, it is. I love it. I look forward to this every summer, and I know a lot of people are the same way. We all Many of us play in a lot of different groups, but Moband is very special and very unique. And it's a real, it's a, it's a real tribute to uh, Mr. Gardner because he, uh, you know, he says he's been doing this for a while, and so many people just return year after year, and the audiences return, and we even have sort of an in-house composer that writes great music for us, arranges great stuff for us. And I will tell you, when I first moved, to Modesto, you know, somebody said, hey, you need to play in the community band, and I I said, you know, okay, and I was just thinking, okay, that'll, that'll be fine. I was absolutely blown away when I came in the door, and there was, I think my first time here, there was well over 100 people, probably even like 120, and uh, I was just shocked at the number of people, and then the music was great. It was, it was there's a lot of contemporary stuff in there, or, well, contemporary for people like me, you know, 70s, 80s, 60s music, uh, you know, and and it was really fun. We're playing Beatles and, you know, Bee Gees or whatever, uh, you know, uh, Santana. We're playing Elvis Presley, but we're also playing traditional stuff, too. And and then the audience sings at the end. We do On the Mall, and the audience really loves it. And I tell you, this is unique. I've been all over the place, and I have never seen a community band anything like Moban. And again, Mr. Gardner is just amazing. He does a great job. He picks great music. He's, you know, he handles everything very smoothly. He acts like there's no real pressure. There's got to be a lot of it, but he is, you know, he's real, you know, cool character and, and he, and he has fun and it, 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 you know, you know, uh, permeates the entire organization. And I come back year after year. And uh, the only time we didn't have anything was, covid and we were all kind of feeling i don't know withdrawals it's just like, where's moban you know so last year it came back and you know i'm excited i am so i feel very privileged to just be you know part of the group 
And, uh, you know, I'm kind of a relative newcomer, but people accepted me and they accept everybody that comes in. So I'll tell you, it's fun. I'm, we're going to rehearse tonight. I am way looking forward to that. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Robert and uh, Maestro Gardner. Can you give us a, a sneak peek? What's, uh, what's up on the list for tomorrow night? Well, tomorrow night, our concert uh, theme is Latin Fire, and we've got a lot of Latin-themed music. Um, Besame Mucho, Sway, Malagueña, uh, the music of Carlos Santana, oh, and wonderful. also some music from the movie Encanto. We don't talk about Bruno. So uh, a lot of fun <laughs> stuff on the concert tomorrow night. We hope everyone comes out and enjoys themselves. Uh, that that sounds great. Now our producer wants to know if uh, if he comes. He wants to know if he can dance. Hey, I encourage dancing. Matter of fact, if he doesn't dance, he can't come. Oh. Got to dance. <laughs> uh, all right. Oh, I'm I'm writing that down right here, and I've got the record button going, so I've got evidence of uh, of that. Uh, very good. Again, <laughs> again, what? What time does uh, what time does the concert get underway tomorrow? Concert starts at eight o'clock, so it should be cooled down by then. It'll be a very nice evening, um, almost a full moon. And uh, as a matter of fact, we've got a piece of music that's a uh, tribute to the moon. So that's something to look forward to. Yeah. And I, I also want to thank Robert for the kind words. Robert's a great trumpet player and a real valuable. Uh, member of the band so thanks a lot robert i appreciate the kind words so let me uh, i meant every word of it (laughs) before i let you both go uh and and maybe give your perspective robert but let me go to uh, mr gardner first so let's say that uh, there are some folks listening who uh who play instruments and and play well how do they connect with you is there an audition what do they have to go through to to join the band it's real simple. Um, our next rehearsal for next week's concert will be Monday night from 6.30 to 9 o'clock at Mancini Hall, which is on Tuolumne Boulevard. It sits right on the old Muni golf course. All you have to do is bring your instrument and walk in the door, and you're in the band. So you uh, come in and you sit down, grab some music, and start playing. I love as long it. As, it's, as long as it's a band instrument. You know, no and- auditions, no tryouts, no pressure. Just come and play. I love just, it. Just come and enjoy yourself. That's uh, that's fantastic. Again, our guests have been uh, George Gardner. He is the conductor of the Modesto Band of Stanislaus County, more affectionately known to most of us as the Mo Band, and Robert Stone, his uh, his ace trumpeter as well. And uh, I just uh, I applaud you because I, I think these types of community efforts are so important and it gives citizens the opportunity to participate to be able uh to play their skills in front of a live audience and and that that is uh that's good therapy for anything i think is to be able to do that so again george gardner robert stone thanks so much for joining us yeah yes sir if 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 i can add one thing um, the thing that I think is beautiful about Moban, beyond the fact that we're making music and have a great group, is the fact that it is it is old-fashioned 
community stuff. It is just people showing up. They bring their food if they want to. They sit down. They just have a great time. It is family-friendly. This is – it's healthy. It is what we're supposed to be doing. And I'll tell you what, Modesto is doing something that's absolutely amazing that you don't see in the same way in a lot of places. I think every place would want to be Modesto. That's how great this is. Absolutely. Again, uh, George Gardner, Robert Stone, thanks so much for dropping by today. Talking about the Modesto Band, the Mo Band, uh, look forward to those concerts. Thank you both for joining us. And the Mike Douglas Show will continue in three minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. On air and online, take the Mike Douglas Show with you with the iHeartRadio app. Search 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Uh, mentioned a, a little bit ago something that I, I'm just uh, I'm, I'm not settled with, and that is uh, changing history for the, the, the sake of possibly offending someone. George Washington University is going to drop the nickname Colonials because according to the Board of Trustees, quote, it can no longer serve its purpose as a name that unifies. Well, I don't know that the nickname of a university is is designed to unify when you're playing an opponent. It, it's something to rally behind. What What's wrong? Tell me what's wrong with colonials. Tell me what's wrong with the 13 colonies. The people who inhabited the 13 colonies were colonials. They were colonials. It, it's about, it, it dates back George Washington, the father of our country, our first president, declined being named king, didn't want it, understood that that would not be productive. And so now they're going to drop colonials. And the World Health Organization is going to rename monkeypox virus because of concerns it would give rise to racism and stigma. We can't say the word monkey anymore? Really? It, have we gotten to the point where we take offense so much that we're no longer to use any word that some person might find offensive? I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm not seeing it. Am I not seeing it? Our phone number two zero nine five five one three four eight three. Tell you what, we're not changing the name of the Mike Douglas Show. If people are offended by that, so be it. Uh, we're not changing. <coughs> we're not changing uh, the name here. I'm not changing my name. So there, George Washington dropping colonials just. Not offensive. I, I think what it is, it, it's all part of, of this desire by the woke culture to erase any of our history, to redefine what America is. And, and to be truthful about history, we need to look at the warts. We need to look at the mistakes. We need to look at, at the things that were nonproductive. We need to look at the things that that were racist. We need to look at the things that were the wrong decisions that sank our economies. We need to look at the decisions that got us into wars that maybe we shouldn't have gotten into in the first place. Because we learned from history. 
We learn from history. And when you eliminate history, you have nothing to learn. There's, there's nothing behind you. You have no past. And, <laughs> and just texted, and what about chicken pox? Yeah, what about chicken pox? That's offensive. What about people who are, who are described as being chicken? That's offensive to them. Yeah, a pox upon those chicken people. What about chicken pox? And we could go on and on. This is, I, I'm, not, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. Uh, and again, maybe I'm blinded to it, but I don't think so. Uh, I think we need to stand firm and resist the erasing of our history, the rewriting of our history. And the way that we know about our history to, is to go back and look at the original writings. And sure enough, sometimes if you look at uh, the original writings of, say, Thomas Jefferson and, and John, John Adams, you'll, you'll find that sometimes their perspectives differ on a historical point. Well, Mike, that proves it. Got it the, you can't trust history. Well, look at today. Look at the way various news organizations... Uh, view something that they don't always record it the same way. Let me put on my pastor's hat. Even writers of the, uh, of the Gospels reported things in slightly different ways. Dr. Luke reported a consummate journalist. He wasn't there for a, a lot of what he wrote about. He was investigating. He, he took, he took, statements from people who were there. He took the records of others. And sometimes there are things that didn't quite match up because they had different recollections. And so it's, I, I just, I just find it's, it's, it, I think it's part of the, the woke design to address, to, to, to do away with who we are and to redefine the country according to the woke culture. And that, that'll be a, a sad thing. What do you think? 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. By the way, any of you uh, involved in that UCS, uh, UC Davis graduation, by the way, apparently the chancellor of UC Davis, he's going to provide a refund to students after their graduation ceremony was cut short because of high temperatures, and that's not due to COVID-19. It's the uh, the high temperatures of the weather. Uh, apparently, they had to cut short the commencement ceremony and offer a refund. So UC Davis apparently says uh, if, if you did not walk uh, in the ceremony, that uh, they'll refund the 58 bucks for the cost of the cap, gown, and tassels. Uh, that's uh, well. That, that's good. I I think that's a good thing. I think the other good thing is we're going to meet again tomorrow, from three to five p.m. here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. See you tomorrow. Have a wonderful night. <laughs>